building It's been a minute, tell me how you're healing Cause I'm about to get into my feelings How you feeling, how you feel right now Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. As Drake says, we got the club coming up on a Tuesday because it was extremely busy from the Advent Health Training Facility as it was day one of Bucks OTAs. I'm your host, Matt Matera, and joined with me is SR, Mr. Scott Reynolds, and we're going to break down everything, every single thing that we saw from day one of Bucks OTAs, I'm talking about Kyle Trask, Blaine Gabbert. We saw some stuff from Vita Vea, Will Golson as well, too. So a ton of information. We'll talk about who was there, who wasn't there. There's a lot to get into. And of course, the Peter Report podcast is energized by Celsius. Folks, if you don't know about Celsius yet, as SR appears on the screen, Hello. He the moment. he's back now. SR, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm energized by Celsius, and boy, I needed it today. This was a, there was a lot happening over at uh, at the Advent Health Training Center. Thank you very much, Arctic Vibe, one of my new top favorites, probably a top five flavor. Folks, if you listen, if you're not on the Celsius train now, um, I don't say it's left the station because there's always room for more <laughs> passengers, but get on board, man. This is some good stuff. It's not just Arctic vibe. It's tropical vibe. It's peach vibe. It is a cornucopia of flavors. And I'm not sure how the scientists do it. It's like they squeeze peaches into the damn can for the peach vibe. They squeeze little berries into the can for the Arctic vibe. Orange, one of my favorites. It's like freshly squeezed orange in that can. I mean, it really isn't, but gosh, it tastes like it. But the best thing about it is, Matt, Full-on energy, no sugar or preservatives. It's healthy. It's a great way to get your energy without the sugar crash. So you get that nice energy spike. You don't have to worry about coming down later and wanting to take a nap three or four hours. It keeps <laughs> you powered throughout the day, and we needed it today. We're at the Advent Health Training Center today uh, looking at all the Buccaneer uh, players out there and OTAs. Look at all these awesome cans of Celsius just everywhere, all sorts of flavors, Everyone that comes out just seems to be even better than the next. Um, I'm going to be rocking a cola flavor tomorrow, uh, which is a great changeup. The fruit flavors are fantastic, folks. But if you do like soda, I highly recommend the cola-flavored Celsius energy drink. It tastes just like your favorite cola drinks. And the best place to get it is Amazon because you can hit the subscribe and save button and save some money, and they'll ship those cases right to your house. You don't have to go out and, and buy it. They ship it right to you. It's so convenient. And then you can also set how often you want those. Matt, I'm going to have to move up my three-week delivery to two-week delivery because the Celsius just does not last long in, in a house full of teenagers plus my wife and, <laughs> and myself. That's just a fact. But if you, if you need a can right now, go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator and, and then type in your address, you'll see nutrition centers and stores, uh, convenience stores, gas stations, grocery stores that have Celsius around you. Go grab a couple cans, give them a, di a different uh, a different flavor a try. You might find that you have a new top five favorite uh, that cracks your lineup. And, uh, and also, too, don't forget the fast bars. These are the best protein bars on the market, hands down. 
for one reason. I mean, listen, the fact that they're packed, they're packed with protein, uh, that's to be expected. They're very low in sugar. That's also to be expected when you're dealing with the fast brand. But the best part now, Matt, is both flavors, the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted uh, peanut caramel crunch, both of them are on sale, $5 off through the end of this month. Use the promo code 5FASTLANE on Amazon to get yourself a 12-pack protein bar shipped right to your house. Again, $5 off. If you're not sure which one to try, try them both. Folks, I'm not supposed to say this, but they taste like candy bars, right? <laughs> they do. I've had protein bars that taste like sawdust, wood chips, cardboard. They're just gross, but you wolf them down because you want the protein. These protein bars actually taste good. They look good. They taste even better, folks. Give them a try. The fast brand uh, from our friends at Celsius. Yeah, the, the drinks, the bars, it all tastes fantastic. It, it's to the point where sometimes I'll just drink Celsius. I don't even need the energy. Yeah, I just too. like the taste of it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I'm having it. I uh, just want to give a shout out here. Thank you so much to Thomas Chase with the $5 Super Chat. He says, always great work, Appreciate PR. You. Glad to finally join live. Go Bucks. Awesome you can join live. I understand, you know, when we go 4 o'clock, some people are still working, maybe not always able to catch us when we are starting the show right away. But awesome that you could join us today because we got a ton to get into, Scott. I think we should start off, too. We posted a story early on in the day, almost right after the Bucks were done not with practice, but done stretching and warming up. There was, I, I would say overall, there was a very good turnout of Bucks players, veteran players that were there today. But not every single player was there. I think there were some notable, um, notable players that did not make the uh, practice today at OTAs. As we see, we lost Scott here, so it's just me, but that's all right. I'll write the ship. Some of the players that weren't here today, Tom Brady, Obviously, that was to be expected, though. Welcome back, Scott, again. Hello. Um, I was just I was just going through the players that um, were not at OTAs today. Yeah. Offensively, it was Tom Brady. That was to be expected. We, we heard Clyde Christensen talk about that. They wanted to get Kyle Trask a lot of reps, which yep. they did, along with Blaine Gabbert. Mike Evans was not there as well, too. Uh, his wife, Ashley, is, uh, is pregnant and should be having the baby, I think, over the next couple of days. So Mike Evans is very busy right now, too. Russell Gage was not there, and Leonard Fournette was not there either, nor was uh, Donovan Smith. Those are some of the the big names, the heavy hitters. And listen, it's OTA, so when we put the story yeah. out, we're not accusing players of, oh, why aren't they here, things like that, especially someone like Donovan Smith that doesn't necessarily have to be there. You know, He's yeah. a veteran that's been there for a while. I thought it was a little bit interesting with Russell Gage, though, just for the fact that he's on a new team, and you saw some of the other new players there with uh, with Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal on the – yeah, yeah Shaq Mason. So, and I'm I'm sure he has a very good reason. I'm I'm not prying into his personal life or anything yeah. like that. But Gage was one of the notable absences on the offensive side of the ball. On defense, we saw uh, Shaq Barrett was not there. I yeah. should say we didn't see Shaq yeah. Barrett was not there. Devin White, Levante David, and Carlton Davis, and Anthony Nelson as well too. Again, Nelson Correct. falls into that category of. Probably should be here, even though, yeah. and again, we, we don't know what's going on, but probably should be here if he can. But those are some of the notable names. Um, overall, though, I thought a great turnout, especially, you know, with Logan Hall as a rookie defensive tackle. They made sure Vita Vey was there, Will Golston. Yep. You saw them talking at the beginning of practice uh, on the offensive side of the ball with Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs and, and Shaq Mason there. 
you got Luke Gadecki, and we'll get into the the uh, the reps that were shared at right. left guard today too. So overall, I thought it was a great turnout in terms of veterans showing up and and leading by example for this uh, this Bucks team. Yeah, Alex says maybe you guys should give Vita some Celsius to spark his metabolism. Let's get right into it, right? I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, with, with Vita Vea, it's one thing I noticed right away. I love defensive line play, so almost as much as Blaine Gabbert. So I was keeping an eye on Vita Vea, and uh, Vita looks big. He looks big. Scott, you were like giddy. You were like, oh my god, like there's Vita Vea. He looks so different. He looks bigger. Yeah. And yeah, to your point, but yeah, you were absolutely giddy. You couldn't stop talking about how big well, Vita Vea was. I mean, it, I was giddy <laughs> just to see Vita out there. It was one of my favorite players. I love big sure. defensive linemen, but Vita's a little too big right now. I think that that uh, you know he'll be the first one to admit that. Although he said he liked where he was right now, and he noted that he didn't have to play any games tomorrow, right? And I asked yes. Todd Bowles, I said, you know, you happy with where Vita's at weight-wise? He's like, listen, the first day of OTAs, we're not weighing people right now. Um, but I did hear from a source that that, that did say that, that Vita Vea is actually a little slimmer than he, than he was this time last <laughs> year. So if you remember, Bruce Arians was kind of on Vita Vea's case during training camp saying, we need Vita Vea to lose a little bit of weight. And um, I would like to see Vita Vea be a little more svelte, right? And and mm-hmm. and be able to play more plays as a result. Vita Vea, when asked about that today, he did bring up something that was interesting, right? He said, he said uh, they did a really good job of rotating the entire defensive line last year because I think Vita played around 47% of the snaps yep. last year. And, and, you know, you'd like to see a guy making $17 million be over 50, 55, maybe even 60% of the snaps. But... He said that they wanted to keep us fresh. And listen, Vita Vea has had some injury issues. He's only been healthy two out of his four seasons where he's really kind of gone the entire way. One of those was last year. So he, he was healthy. I think he missed one game due to a knee injury that he suffered in Washington in the last play. But otherwise, he was pretty healthy and and had a Pro Bowl year, right? We're talking yep. four sacks, career high, and, and made his impact uh, known. And I thought he played better down the stretch, too. So... I want to see Vita Vea play more. I want to see him in better shape. But he's obviously using this time wisely to shed some pounds. You saw him out there there today wearing a sweatshirt, right? (laughs) A hoodie sweatshirt uh, with a T-shirt underneath that and then the jersey. So he's obviously trying to to sweat away the pounds, sweating to the oldies, as we would say back in the day. Yeah, Vita seemed to be okay with the overall snap share, as you were just talking about, how much he played. And I understand the Bucks want to make sure that Vita Bay is going to be healthy. They obviously yeah. just signed him to a long-term extension, and we understand how much of a beast that he can be when right. he's in there. But I kind of lean towards, and I'm not really overly concerned about like, what type of shape he is in right now. I think when when it's time to answer the bell, come training camp, come the regular season, I'm not going to be worried about Vita Vea's weight or, you know, how he looks and, and things like that. But with that said, I do want to see Vita Vea increase his number of snaps. And that's something Me that too. Casey Rogers talked about too. Like if you're going to sign him long-term and you know that he needs to be the bell cow along the interior defensive line, as much as we like Logan Hall, I think yeah. we have to understand that he's going to be a rookie that's going to make rookie mistakes. So there's going yeah. to be a lot of emphasis on Vita Vea really taking another step this year, too. And that's, again, something that Casey Rogers spoke about. Right. And I asked Vita today, too, about if he's ready to 
take on that leadership role because and Vita admitted himself too. He said, I like to play around a little bit. He likes to joke. Yeah. Vita's very funny when he's up there. He can be That's sarcastic. Right. You know, he's a little bit on the quiet side, but he but he's a funny dude yeah. for sure. And he said that he kind of needs to cut that out a little bit this mm -hmm. year because he's the de facto leader. Step up. Yeah. As you know, as the nose tackle, of course, you have the veteran Will Golston there who who will obviously hold yeah. court as well, too. I'm, I'm telling and you right now. Scott, yeah, you said he looked he great as well. Looks good. Now I saw Will up close. We talked for about 15 minutes, uh, right next to the guy at the Bruce Arians Family Foundation uh, golf tournament dinner. And I mean, Will, Will's coming off a career year. I think he had four, four and a half sacks, career high. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, he's an old man now. He's 30, he'll be 31 later this year in his 10th season with the Buccaneers. But Will Golston right now looks like how they want Logan Hall to look in about a year or two. <laughs> and it was interesting, right, Matt? Because seeing Golston stand next to, to Logan Hall in practice, I mean, you saw both those guys are 6'6". Six, six, yeah. And Golston's just bigger. But he's very svelte. He's chiseled and and and. I think that that's that's the prototype from a from a size standpoint. I'm telling you right now, folks, after watching 10 years of Will Golston and even going through the bag drills today, Logan Hall is more athletic. He's he might be the most athletic defensive lineman on this team. I think he is right now. He's just very agile. He's very athletic and he's going to be better than Will Golston. So don't mistake what I'm saying, what we're saying as he's the next Will Golston. Because he's going to be a better version of Will Golston. Will Golston was a fourth-round pick for a reason. Logan Hall was the 33rd overall pick for a reason. He's going to be better. But I'm just saying from a size and a body composition standpoint, uh, they're they're almost identical on the field in terms of, of the size, the stature, the six-foot-six height, the, the way their bodies are constructed. And it just, it's interesting to see that you can see Will Golston is 10, 15 pounds heavier than than Logan Hall right now. And and that that's the mold. That's the prototype that they want Logan Hall to finally get to. And when he does, I think that's when he's got the chance to be a, a Pro Bowl caliber defensive tackle for this team. He's going to take all of the good things we like about Will Golston and yeah. just absolutely enhance that. And one yes. of the things I first noticed when we were out there, before they even started really running around and moving and, and they just began stretching. The first thing I saw was Will Golston talking to Logan Hall. Yes. And I think Golston is going to be just as much as I just talked about Vita Vea, it's going to be Will Golston that is, is taking Logan Hall under his wing. Yeah. And sure. There's the comparisons and I'm not, I don't, I don't think Will Golston's being like, Hey, people say are saying that you play <laughs> kind of like me. Here's the, right. you know, here's the keys to the castle and the, yeah. how you're going to get everything done. But I think there's a great foundation and a great mentorship between Will Golston, Nacho. Yeah. And you heard Todd Bowles talk about that a lot today, where yeah. you don't necessarily have to be a starter to be a leader on this team. And in particular with the defensive line, because they rotate guys all the time, each guy's mm -hmm. going to be able to, and we know how vocal Nacho is, but each player yes. will have their moments, will be able to have a say because they they work so well too. And maybe part of that's because Vita's not the most rah-rah type of player in the first place and right. obviously Golston has the the tenure and, and the seniority but I really like as a whole where the defensive tackle depth is going to be and sure yeah. there will probably add one more before you, you know the season really gets going but I, I think it's in a good place not a great place mm -hmm. but overall I, I feel pretty well that 
we're not going to be concerned too much about the defensive tackle group. It was interesting because Deidre and Sanat, right? He's the the former <laughs> USF tackle, the the new kid in the block, former Falcon. He he's he's a runt, man. He's six foot tall, but yeah. he's three hundred some pounds. So he's he's built like a like a fire hydrant, right? And to see him standing next to to Logan Hall and Will Golston at six six, just towering over Deidre and Sanat. But the the then the interesting thing was seeing Deidre and Sanat go up against Shaq Mason, who's only six foot one as a guard. So it was like these these. They look like two little sumo wrestlers. You know, they're just these big, like stocky guys that yeah. were kind of going at it uh, in the trenches there. But sticking on the defensive side of the ball, as we kind of transition, because obviously the, the big storyline, what everybody wants to talk about, what the headline was on our insider. Now you can probably drop that into the, the chat. Yep, if you right have now. not checked out our, our insider report from today, it's chock full of stuff. We probably won't even be able to get to it all today here in the podcast. But the quarterbacks, right? There was no Tom Brady out there, as expected. We kind of called that earlier, saying that Brady – and we learned today from Cam Brate, who is a national treasure, by the way. I just love that guy. He's the best yeah. interview on the team. He said that Brady might be making a bit of a cameo, maybe a surprise appearance later in OTAs, but obviously wasn't there today. So all eyes were on Blaine Gabbert, of course, and, and why wouldn't they be, Matt? Uh, but also Kyle Trask, you know, to see how the second-year quarterback is developing. And, um, you know, I had to check my notes twice. Blaine actually threw two interceptions to Trask's one. A uh, little disappointed in Blaine, not going to lie, but I got a feeling he's going to rebound. But listen, it's first day of OTAs. And D. Delaney, though, man, you talk about veterans who stepped up and showed up and showed out. T. Delaney, he had an interception against – Blaine uh, Blaine was trying to kind of heave the ball towards six foot six tight end Cody McElroy and D just skied up in the air and snatched it almost looked like Antoine Winfield out leaping <laughs> Michael Pittman for that interception that's kind of how it looked so that was one interception the other interception that Blaine threw was it was a pass to Jalen Darden and I didn't get a great look at it didn't know if it was uh, if it was a pass that was that was more on Blaine or if it was more on Darden because he didn't come back for the ball. But either way, Jamel Dean tipped the ball up uh, in the air, kind of like almost like a volleyball, right? Mm. Like where it's a set and someone's going to come spike it. And who would that, if you're going to tip the ball up in the air, all right, if the ball is going to be in the air, who's going to pick it off, Matthew? Without question, it's Mike Edwards. I was right. having I was having flashbacks to the Mike Edwards pick six game, double pick six game. Yeah. With the first one, Carlton uh, might have been the second one. Either way, Carlton Davis yeah. he knocked the ball up in the yeah. air. And Davis couldn't track it. If he tracked it, he would have caught it. But right. luckily, Mike Edwards was right there and got uh, the the pick six for the touchdown. So like I almost I laughed when it, when he made the play. I'm like, of course, yeah. Mike Edwards, the ball hawk of this team, was yeah. the player that that got the interception, which is great for him too. We've obviously yes. talked a lot about him stepping up into a full-time starting role yeah. uh, at strong safety next to Antoine Whitfield Jr. at a uh, free safety. But yeah, shout out to D Delaney because not mm -hmm. only did he have that great interception with the guarding Cody McElroy, yeah. it's funny, man, too, because Cody McElroy, as big as he is, and he's a solid receiver, <laughs> he, he doesn't he didn't play, play big. <laughs> he doesn't play big. <laughs> no. And then we talk about, we talked about Jared Stearns a lot yesterday, five, seven, that guy plays bigger than yeah. Cody McElroy, Agreed. you know? 
without question. But Delaney made a great play there. He also had the big deflection, as you just talked about, too, that that led to uh, interception. That was Kyle Trask's interception. Who who picked off the other pass? It was... um, Say it. Say his name. Ola Kuple Fadukowski. No, that's not it. Fadukasi. Fadukasi. Ola Ola Kune Fadukasi. Ola Kune Fadukasi. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so he had the first interception of the day. Mm -hmm. That's how they got everything started. And that was... The Kyle Trask threw the first interception of the day yep. with Blaine Gabbert throwing the next two. But, yep. you know, it was a really good play by D. Delaney. As far as the quarterbacks go, and Scott, you made a really great point when we were out there. Kyle Trask was throwing a lot of balls to the outside. He was throwing right. it to the sideline all the time. And you could see that this is what you pointed out. You could see the power and the drive when Trask throws it to the right side of the field. Yep when he's got that first step where he's a little bit closer because yeah, he's right. He drives the ball. I mean, and he threw two deep outs that were right on the money in tight coverage. I want to say um, Kalen Geiger senior yes. caught one that had mm-hmm. Kyler McMichael draped all over him. And then the first one that was a deep out was to uh, Vincent Smith. And, With Zion McCollin on, yeah, on him. Yeah. Oh, plastered on him as well so those were two really good throws but when he opens up and and can throw and he's of course a right-handed quarterback they all are but when he can step and throw and empower the ball to the right man it it has a little bit of zip and accuracy on it but but matt we noticed that when he was throwing the ball to the left the accuracy just just really wasn't there he missed two wide open deep balls one to jared stearns another one i think to geiger and Mm. He did hit a, deep, a nice deep out to Scotty Miller on the left-hand side. But uh, that's just something that, you know, sometimes quarterbacks, they have a preference, right? It just almost like three-point sure. shooters. Sometimes they like to shoot from the right side of the key as opposed to the left, right? They just kind of see how they see it. Obviously, when you're the quarterback, you got to be able to throw all across the field, and you got to be able to hit that. So that's just one thing we'll kind of keep noticing about Trask. But I wasn't charting, obviously, all these these throws, but – he was much more accurate to the right than he was to the left. Now, now Blaine Gabbert was a crafty veteran today because he threw the majority of his passes to Cam Brait, who was the most <laughs> experienced player out there. Cam Brait might have had 20 catches today, and about 18 of those were probably from, from Gabbert. It's like I'm looking for 84, and I'm throwing it his way because A, Cam will catch it, and B, I trust him more than I do Brashard Perriman or Scotty Miller or Tyler Johnson or whoever. And so smart, heady, crafty play by, um, by, by Blaine Gabbard uh, to, you know, to, to target Bray and Bray did a good job getting open. And uh, yeah, Bray, Bray I thought was fine. Another point I'll say just about Trask and Gabbard, and I'm not at the point yet where I really want to compare the two of them because it's yeah. day one of OTAs and we have a very long. Well, way one's to go. more handsome and the other one, you know, is not an ugly man, but I mean, he's of no course, yeah, of course. I mean, that go- that goes without saying. Yeah. I, what uh, the point I will make though is that Trask I felt was a little more aggressive with his throws today. He like was. we said, yeah. talking about throwing it to the outside and and he was pushing it down the field more, which I mm-hmm. like to see where yeah. Gabbard on the other hand, and this isn't a knock on Gabbard yeah. by any means, short but intermediate. as you mentioned, very short throws yep. took what was given to him when he tried to go deep. That's when he kind of got into trouble with the, uh, with the D Delaney interception yeah. when he was looking for McElroy. So a lot of underneath stuff from Gabbard Trask tried to push the envelope a little bit further, which I didn't hate. I mean, obviously yeah. he missed a lot of those throws, but 
Trask also had the throw of the day later in practice. It was more down the middle, but I think even a little bit more on the left side where he struggled yeah. than versus the right side. But he hit Jalen Darden deep down the field for a bomb right yeah. in stride. Beat D Delaney on the play, right. who, who was playing great the whole practice up yeah. until that last one. So that was a huge moment, not just for Kyle Trask, but for Jalen Darden as well, too, who we spoke a lot about yesterday, making yeah. a big play there at the end. So Trask moving the ball, some good. Some bad yep. overall, exactly kind of what you're going to get from a second year player that we're still not totally 100% sure about, but right. definitely ended on a high note with that big play. And I, I thought, um, no doubt, on a day where the defense did well, especially in the yeah. secondary, that was a nice way for the offense to, to cap off the practice. It really was. And I did have a Jalen Darden article up earlier today, right as, yes. as the OTA started. So if you want to read more about Jalen Darden, that article is up on pewterreport.com. Matt, you might want to put it in the chat yep. as well. But um, some really good comments there, not just from wide receivers coach Kevin Garber, but also from from special teams coordinator Keith Armstrong, and who said, not to give away the entire article, but he said that we, we are going to give him another look as the return specialist. And Matt, the return specialist, and I didn't put this in the insider, so you're getting some extra stuff here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. The return specialists today were Jalen Darden, Jay, uh, Jareth Stearns, Devin Tompkins, the other undrafted free agent wide receiver, Scotty Miller, who both you and I lament, he always he's always back there, and he never gets in the game. Put Scotty in the game. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. It's all he's asking for. You put him on Gunner. He makes a play. He forces a fumble. Let him return some punts. Come on. Give him a kickoff return. You know. Come on, Scooter. Yeah. yeah. Give him a shot. You know. Guys trying to and- fight and make the team. And then Sean Murphy Bunting was back there, too. I didn't see Sean Murphy Bunting field any balls, but he was talking with Nick Rapone, the safety coach, who's kind of he's kind of the return guy back there on, on special teams. All the assistants kind of pitch in and help out. And uh, so he was back there, too. So th- those were the return specialists today. Stearns, Tompkins, Darden, Miller. And although we didn't see him back there, SMB was back there. He just wasn't doing any actual returning that we saw. Uh, might have might have looked at uh, yeah there you go and so the Darden article is in the chat so click on that too good stuff about Jalen Darden he's going to get another shot and the interesting thing about Darden who didn't really impress today outside of that long touchdown to end practice it's a nice way to to make a lasting impression right when practice mm-hmm. ends and you you make the the play to kind of cap it off but Matt this team didn't draft a wide receiver they signed four after mm-hmm. the draft but. This team is not yet ready to give up on Jalen Darden, either as a receiver or as a return specialist. Yeah, I've said that too, and I don't think that they should. I mean, yeah. he's only a second-year player, and I understand they got him in a later round. But remember, the Bucks actually traded up to go get Jalen Darden, right. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So they saw something in this player that they liked, and we all know the electric speed. I just think it's way too early to give up on a receiver that you traded up to go get. He's right. in his second year. He's going to learn and adjust and, and make some changes. It's, I, I don't know. I understand people are unhappy with them and he slips and falls all the time, but like he's, he's going to learn. And if he doesn't, then he won't be here. But yeah. you know, they've given Tyler Johnson a lot of opportunities. Why does Tyler Johnson get more opportunities than Jalen Darden should? Right. I, I don't like what, because he went to North Texas, big freaking deal. <laughs> yeah. They get small school players like all the time. Yeah. So I, I don't understand all. I understand the struggles that he had last year, 
But the, you go across the league, there's a lot of rookies that had issues their first year. Yeah. So to to pull the plug on Jalen Darden already, I yeah. think that's way too early. I think that's I agree. ridiculous. And, and, and he is healthy now. He was out there practicing, and and uh, you know he's he's uh, he's going to have a shot, right? I mean, he's there's three there's three open spots if this team keeps six. Maybe it keeps seven receivers, but it's certainly keeping six. We know the top three: Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. It, it's going to be a dogfight for those other three because you've got you got the guys that have been around here. I mean, Scotty Miller's in a contract here, right? Yeah. It's been this is year four. Tyler Johnson, fourth round pick. Jalen Darden, fourth round pick. So they've they've invested a couple of what I call middle rounds, semi premium picks in a couple of receivers. Brashad Perryman, former first round pick, who's had some some bright moments in Tampa, still here. Mm-hmm. Cyril Grayson, who is it? You know, if you're if you're a what have you done for me lately kind of guy, he's the guy that's probably done the most lately before he pulled the hamstring. I mean, he won the Jets game and yeah. had a fantastic game uh, or against Carolina as well. So. There's a lot of receivers. Oh, and by the way, then you signed four of them, and we're already high on Stearns, and we'll see how Cameron Brown and 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 Geiger and mm-hmm. uh, and and Tompkins end up doing. But this team is stacked at at wide receiver. They are absolutely stacked, and as you mentioned, they're giving some guys a shot, and all you need is a shot, just right. like you would love a Ooh, shot to yeah. win ten million dollars from underdog fantasy ten Folks, million dollars yeah the uh the dr evil ten million dollars everyone knows austin powers we love austin powers but yeah underdog fantasy their best ball mania three is coming up and folks the earlier you get in on best ball mania the better chance that you have of winning a big prize last year one of the contestants that won two million dollars did their best ball mania in june and went home with cash money. The awesome thing about Underdog Fantasy is that they have different games going on where they have to set it and forget it, where you draft a team and you you can do so many different drafts for very inexpensive cost. You draft a team. You don't have to worry about, oh, this player's on a buy. This player's injured. What do I do? You make your picks. You set them up for the whole season. You don't have to, you know, right. maybe you're busy one weekend. You're traveling to Germany, going to the Bucks Seahawks game. You forget to set your lineup. That's all right. You already did that months ago. Also, if you're feeling good about, ooh, I think the Bucs are going to go off this week. I, I want to make sure I draft Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on my team. They have weekly fantasy prizes. They have daily fantasy prizes as well, too. Maybe there's a Monday night football game you're really interested in. You can go and bet and bet on prop bets as well, too, all at underdogfantasy.com. Best Ball Mania 3 coming up. Make sure you go to Underdog Fantasy. and also. Use the promo code Pewter to double your first deposit. Yes, sir. Put in a lot of money, they'll match it. So there you go. Underdogfantasy.com. Best Ball Mania 3 coming up. Don't miss out because $10 million is a whole lot of cash. I agree. I agree. Um, speaking of a whole lot of cash, um, I, I want to think that that Cam Brate was a little jealous of, of Tom Brady. Um, not, not that, you know, Brady doesn't deserve it, but I mean, when he, we had Cam Brate today, who again is a national treasure. We, we love him. He is the best interview on the team by far. It's comedic gold, but he had, he had something to say about, about should we, uh, Tom should Brady. We play, should we play the video? Let's play. I- Retired for 40 days. Um, no, <laughs> it seemed the exact same. Um, 
he said it was the happiest he was all offseason. The first time he, he came back to throw, he's like, I'm back. You know, like you could tell he was fired up to be there. Um, yeah, he just, I like, I can't imagine like Tom not playing football, what he would be like. Like, this is like when he's Tom Brady. So, um, like I said, we're just fired up to have him back. And, uh, yeah. Unfinished business. That's right. For sure. What do you think about his plans after football that he's going into the broadcast booth? Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe, like, I was like, why would Tom subject himself to criticism and, you know, the responsibility to call these games? And then I saw the contract. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I get it. Yeah. Pretty cool. Any dad more, money than, uh, more money than he's made in his football career. I, I would take that deal. That's a good deal. You yeah. think he's going to have any slip any dad jokes in there? Yes, he's going to have some dad jokes for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That Braid said that uh, that dad jokes are just part of Tom Brady's repertoire at age forty-four, soon to be forty-five. But I, I tell you what, I think Cam Braid would actually be one hell of a commentator. He is funny. He's yeah. witty. I mean, he's I, smart. I, I, he went to Harvard. Very smart. Yes. Yeah. I think he'd be dynamite in the broadcast booth. I agree. Maybe down the road, whenever his Bucks playing career is done, maybe he could, uh, you know. I know Rondé Barber does a lot of the like preseason games and Rondé previously did some uh, announcing for Fox and broadcasting. He might still, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I, yeah, I would love to see Cam Brate do yeah. something with the Bucks, either be an insider, be, I don't know, somehow involved, you know, mm-hmm. Martin Gramatica does the, the Spanish play by play or color commentating. So well, I would love to see Cam Brate in that role. I mean, he's so beloved by Bucks fans and yes, every single time we talk to him, there's, laughter there's chatter yeah. he gives good answers too like it's not just the cambrate comedy oh, yeah. show like he he provides no a lot of important details and information as well too and the no mustache doubt. just oh, put it the on mu- top mustache was was just gold today right well I it, mean, it, it reminded me too because gronk for a while was doing a mr stash type of thing when he uh-huh. was growing the stuff the mustache back yeah. and cambrate just blew this one out of the water yeah I mean, he did it is a 10 out of 10. I mean, he showed up looking like he should be, you know, like a, in a barbershop quartet, right? I mean, yeah. just, <laughs> you know, it, it was it was fantastic and fabulous. I mean, it was just a like I've got mustache envy. I mean, listen, it, let's be honest. It was no Matt Matera mustache. OK, I'm, I'm not going to go crazy over it, but but it was pretty damn close. I mean, two weeks growth and it and it and just popped up. And and the interesting thing, too, that that Cam said was. J.J. Howland, who was the the new tight end that they signed, he was a tryout guy from Yale. So he was already busting his chops in the film room. He said, yeah, the Yale guy messed up a couple times, you know, in the film room. I had to correct him. But, you know, that's what happens when you go to a second-rate school like Yale. Obviously, Brait being the Harvard guy, getting the Ivy League jokes in there. But then we told him that uh, – and he didn't know this, but we the media kind of said, hey, yeah, you know, he actually – wore your number yeah. four for the tryout. And he says, Oh, I'm going to have to have a talking to him about that then. But Bray did note that it was very similar how he came up as a tryout player in the Buccaneers camp as well from the Ivy league. So um, there's going to be a little bit of Ivy league rivalry, but I, I think Braid is such a tremendous teammate that if there's anybody in the tight end room, that's going to, that's going to be taken under his wing. It's going to be JJ Howland for sure. He also had some great things to say about Coquifed too. Yeah, he did. He pretty much said that Coquifed reminded him of Luke Stocker, I believe it was, yeah. when Stocker was there. And he said that Stocker protected him when they were blocking yeah. together 
almost, almost like a hockey enforcer, right? Like yeah. A goon, you know? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah. And he said with Keith, you already see that he has an edge and that he's very serious when he plays. He said that Bright said he saw Keith there. You know, there was a play that he didn't make. I think the ball was wasn't the most accurately thrown ball. So uh, Keith wasn't able to make the play. And Bright's words were it looked like he was about to blow a gasket. So I had yeah. to tell him, like, listen, well, he's a ginger, you know? Yeah, that happens. <laughs> yeah. But he told him, listen, like, it's all right. It's the first day of OTAs. And this was overarching theme to all the rookies that, you know, mistakes are going to happen. Yeah. Make those mistakes now, but make sure you don't make the same mistake twice. And yeah. I thought that's going to be great for Cam with Cam Brate taking Keith under his wing, taking Kate Otten once he gets back onto the field. Yeah. I think he's going to be an He's awesome... going to take everyone under their wing. He's the grandpa yeah. now. Cam Brate is like the old man. He's waiting for Gronk to get back. He called him Grandpa Gronk Grandpa, today. grandpa Gronk. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he's no longer the, the older guy. Uh, if Gronk comes back, then Gronk is the older guy. But uh, this is uh, this is right there, number 41. Again, really, I'm, I'm sure that he's lathered on the sunscreen. He has to with that fair skin. <laughs> I mean, he, he's he is looking a, pretty pale. He's a sunburn waiting to happen, and I'm I'm he's got to be putting seventy on. I mean, he, they, you know, the trainers probably say here's some fifty. He's like, you got any seventy? I mean, that's probably what's happening here. But this guy, I I think will will block you into next week. I mean, he just he's got that demeanor to him, like you said, Matt. Cam Braid says this guy has an, an obvious edge, and this was the first day of OTAs. I can't wait to see this guy in pads in training camp. And folks, next to Coquiefed. Number 22, that is Keon O'Neal. And he looks like a linebacker. I know he played linebacker for the Cowboys. They list him at six foot 211. I don't think he's 211. I think this guy is like 220. Because when he was looking, when he was standing next to all the other safeties in the individual drills, I looked at him and I was like, holy crap, like this guy's huge. So uh, I was I, I was really kind of shocked at how big he is. Uh, just like a stature standpoint, you know, and, and, uh, he moves well for his size. Uh, but he, he looked like a linebacker, Matt, standing amongst the safeties. And I looked on the roster and they've got, they've got Mike Edwards listed at 205 and they've got Keanu O'Neill listed at 211. You always can't go by the rostered weight folks, because they don't update these things very much at all. Um, but I would say Keanu Neal looked 10 to 15 pounds bigger than Mike Edwards, who is supposedly 205. It'll be fun to see what type of role that he's going to have. Understandably, it's going to be at safety. But, Scott, you were also yeah. saying that you love the the big type of, of safeties, which I don't know I if do. the Bucs, they, they had it to a degree with Jordan Whitehead. I think Jordan Whitehead got more known just because he hit hard, let alone yeah. like the size of him. Right. But this is a new element in the Bucs defense that maybe we haven't exactly – seen over the past couple of years so i'm excited to to watch what neil can can really do in, in this defense i i know we didn't see like a ton of him today i i just i gotta say i don't love the number 22 on him i don't yeah, like it I for know. safeties in general yeah. and i and i know he's not going to be like a hybrid type of guy right i would prefer if he got a different number but obviously it's Pick a number man give him a number you're the you're the equipment guy you give him a number what would you give him do you have 44 <laughs> I was well. I was I was thinking thirty three. Take Jordan Whitehead's number. Okay, but, there you go. Yeah, I was trying to think like what numbers are even available because you can't do thirty five. That's yeah. that's uh, Jamel Dean. Yeah, Elijah Ponder was forty four, but you know if you're Keanu yeah. Neal, you can say hey, you know, 
I mean, he could even like a 37. I could see him doing that. Kyler McMichael has that right now, but he's a rookie versus yeah, he's a, rookie. a long-term veteran. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Just, I don't love, I don't Maybe I just don't like the number 22 in the NFL. I think it's an okay number overall. Okay. You don't like Emmett Smith. We got it. No, I, I was just saying okay. like Emmett Smith's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. I don't know. Don't I'm going like to have to do some it. research on, on famous number 22s. We'll okay. See. All right. Sounds good. Uh, good question here from uh, Jay uh, Anitra. Scott, how do the OTAs nowadays compare to OTAs back in the day in the Sap Brooks era, attendance-wise? Well, there really wasn't any OTAs back then. Um, the organized team activities—that's that's what OTAs stand for. They kind of came about in one of the incarnations of the collective bargaining agreement back in the day. But back then, you know, you didn't really have OTAs. It wasn't really year-round football. You had mini camps, and and then you had training camp and. Back then, you just you only had a couple of weeks. It wasn't like you had this this big off season program. And I will say this: the OTAs, were, well, they were mini camps back then. They were like practices. I mean, they were anything goes. I think I want to say that they were even padded back then, um, or at least more physical. Ugh, and, that would be sick. Yeah, I mean, that's football back then was just more fun because there was a lot more hitting and and uh, it was more physical. But um, it's more skilled in this day and age. So it's kind of like pick your poison, but yeah, it, it, it was, um, it was different from an attendance standpoint. I think a lot of, a lot of people showed up because we're talking the Dungy years back then. And everybody just, you didn't want to disappoint Tony Dungy. There's just something about the guy that you just didn't want to disappoint Tony. And even, even if it was voluntary back then, you still showed up. So and and listen, this was a franchise that was hungry, that wanted to turn it around. They were sick and tired of being called the Yuccaneers, the Suckaneers, whatever you called them. And and so that was kind of a hungry team. Hardy Nickerson was the leader when I stepped foot into One Buck Place back in 1995. He had just re-signed, or actually, he re-signed in 1996, first year under under Dungy. That was like the big re-signing that the Tony uh, kept Hardy in the house, and that was a huge turnaround. A time for the Buccaneers that 96 season when when Dungy and Monty Kiffin and all those guys all those awesome coaches uh came to town so uh but you know there is a new sheriff uh in town well not really new I mean I tried to use that line but he's not new he's he's been there he's won a whole bunch of games won a Super Bowl for God's sake but there's Todd Bowles your head coach Bowles was another entertaining fella today oh yes he was uh, Bowles got asked a question by ESPN's Jenna Lane. We love Jenna. Uh, we love she's Jenna. That's right, right uh, next to us. Yeah. And so she asked Todd Bowles about, uh, because obviously Tom Brady isn't here. We, we've established that. She wanted to know like how often, how often do they, do they talk? How, what's the line of communication like? And, uh, he, Bowles wasn't ready to reveal that type of information, but he uh, did reveal a different side of Todd Bowles that we didn't always get to see once a week when he was just doing those defensive coordinator press conferences, Matt. That's right. And you know what? We'll just play the video for you. So we don't need to speak for itself. Speaks for itself. No, I don't think that needs to be public knowledge. How much me and my girlfriend dates. (laughs) 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 We we talk and we're on the same page and we're in lockstep. So we're in lockstep with Byron and Clyde. So everything's good. You just likened him to being your girlfriend? No, I did not. It's a joke, Jenna. I thought it was a joke. 
Yeah, we're seeing a lot more Bowles' personality now that he's yeah. uh, now that he's a head coach. And again, I've said this before, but I think it's important for people to know when he was the Jets' head coach, he you you weren't getting this type of Todd Bowles. Yeah. Maybe it's because he wanted to go in and be a little authoritative. And remember, he was replacing Rex Ryan, who you know was a soundbite carousel just every single day saying something yeah. like absolutely ridiculous. So. Bowles a little more still even while being sarcastic is a little more temperamental but yeah you know he goes back to being around Bruce Arians all the time and yeah. we all know how BA can be so we're seeing this side of Bowles too and obviously you saw in the video he referenced calling Tom Brady his girlfriend then he was just joking as well too and joking with Jenna Lane and even yeah. after when the press conference was done he jokingly like took his hat off and slammed it his sunglasses like fell to yes. the floor so we're yeah. seeing a he very screened the Jenna again, which was, yeah. which was hilarious. So. Yeah, very jokingly. But yeah, that was one yeah. of the highlights of his press conference. Uh, yeah. And the, we're the get funny to talk to him a lot. The funny thing is, is going back to 2019, when the Bucks locker room was open, I think I've said this before, it bears repeating. I would talk to the defensive players. You know, what's it like playing for Todd Bowles? This was his first year as defensive coordinator under, under Bruce Arians, new coaching staff, right? I go up to Will Golston, right? I went to, you know, some of the, the defensive players. And they'd say, oh, he's funny. He's cracking jokes all the time. And I'm like, what? Like, you just, you saw this dry, vanilla kind of version of Todd Bowles for about eight minutes once a week on the defensive coordinator days where he's doing the press conference, just kind of dry, giving you the bare minimum and all that. And you didn't really see his personality. And so it didn't really jive. It, it didn't really match up with these players were saying about how he's sarcastic. He cracks jokes mm -hmm. and stuff. And then we're starting to see more of it now in the press conferences. And it's it's great. Um, so a couple of things real quick. Uh, Jenna is obsessed with Brady. Uh, we know Jenna Lane. And she works for ESPN. You have to understand that. She asks her own questions at times. There are other times where she is assigned a topic that they want and need to get audio and video from players and coaches on for some of their ESPN programs, right? Whether it's sports center, whether it's some of the morning shows, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of has to ask questions. Sometimes they're obvious questions. Sometimes her follow-ups uh, you're, you're, you're kind of wondering, you know, why is she like going down this path? It's because she's being directed to by Bristol to go down this road. So don't beat up on Jenna. She is being a good employee and a good soldier for ESPN. Um, Sometimes the questions, like I said, they're of her own volition. She's a smart reporter, does a great job. Oh, yeah, other, she's other, awesome. Other times, it's just – and we can kind of tell because we're we're around her all the time. But other times, it's being directed by ESPN. It's not so much Jenna. It's She's just following orders and getting the sound bites or trying to get the sound bites that they want and need. So that's that's just how it is. Yeah, she's got a job to do, and she does it very well. So yes, shout out, no shout out to Jenna. Another thing, too, I want to bring up about Bowles, and as we all said, it's it's great that we're seeing this personality. I mm -hmm. think once we get closer to the season, it's going to get a little more back to like, okay, I'm focused on business enough with, you know, enough with the BS yeah. and things like that. Because at the end of the day, Bowles still has a job to do, and this is his second chance to be a head coach. And yeah. let's face it, if Brady leaves after this season – I'm not saying Bowles is screwed, but Bowles is definitely in not as an advantageous yeah. situation that he once was. So there's a lot going for, for Todd it's, Bowles this year, too. And I think one of the, the big topics of discussion that I don't even know if Bowles got too much of it, but Antoine Winfield spoke about it. Cam Brate spoke about it. There are 
two teams, three games on the schedule where the Bucs have not played well against these teams. You know exactly yeah. who we're talking about. It's New Orleans Saints and the LA Rams. And the Bucs are going to get to play them three yeah. times, obviously, in the division with the Saints. And there was a lot of discussion and conversation about why haven't they beat these teams? What has yeah. been the issue when it comes to you know going up against these teams? For sure, yeah. And I thought Cam Braid had the best answer. Um, you know, he, he said that we don't run the ball well against those teams, right? Yeah. And and in the Saints and the Rams are two teams that just have the pass rushers to get after you, and they've got some playmakers in the secondary too. So when they force you to pass, you're playing right into their hands, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, right? You've got uh, you know Demario Davis, and you've got. Uh, I'm almost the entire Saints front four, right? With, <laughs> yeah. with Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport and, and and the players that they have up front. So these two teams just have the Bucks number. And I think what Cam said is they really have to find a way to run the ball and at least be more balanced against both the, the Saints and the Rams. That those have been two hard teams to run the ball on, to establish the run on. And and it just makes the Bucks offense more one-dimensional. And then sometimes when you're when you're being forced to do something, you get impatient. Mm-hmm. And it's not always just Tom Brady, the trigger man, who's impatient. Sometimes it's the play caller who's too impatient. Sometimes it's the receivers who are trying too hard to make a play. They make a mistake in the interception as a result. So I, I think that there will be a renewed emphasis on the running game this year, uh, even more so just for those opponents where they got to have a little bit more balance. That's one that Cambray pointed to. If you go back and look at the playoff game, the playoff win at New Orleans, they did a better job of running the ball. You know, And uh, Long Lost Laser brings up an interesting topic here. Bulls has more of a mall cop feel than a sheriff. I beg to differ huh. about that. Um, I, I know it may seem that way because Bulls does come across a little, a little bit more sarcastic uh, than Bruce Arians, who's kind of like straight – no BS, right to red the in, point. Yeah, red in the face. <laughs> yeah, yelling, screaming. Yeah, but but Matt, the one thing we've heard, and this this goes back to the defensive coaches' press conferences, right? Casey Rogers talking about it. A new outside linebackers coach, Bob Sanders, talking about it. We heard Cam Bray talk about it today. What's the difference between Todd Bowles and and Bruce Arians? And it's details, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Rogers kind of talked about it first, then Sanders about how. We're, we're correcting mistakes. We're, we're really fine-tuning on the details. And that's the one thing that Brayt mentioned today is he said, you know, we had some some details that kind of slipped last year towards the end of the season, and it kind of came back to bite us. And so Todd Bowles is really honest about the details. Every little detail matters, and it all adds up. And I think Bowles right now is being more of a sheriff when it comes to the details than even Bruce Arians was. Yeah, I think it's important, too, to point out that even going back to last season, remember, Todd Bowles signed a uh, an extension to be the defensive coordinator, the highest paid defensive coordinator up until he got this head coaching job. And defensive players weren't just happy. They were absolutely ecstatic. And I remember towards the end of, the, of last season, too, Will Golston said something along the lines of, he's the best coach I've ever played for. Yeah. I would run through a brick wall for that man. So I think that speaks a lot to the respect that he commands, you oh, might yeah. not necessarily see it um, when he's cracking jokes here and there, but he's definitely going to have the attention of the um, 
you know, of the Bucks locker room. I have the video here of Cam Bray talking about what's went wrong with the, the Saints and the Rams. Awesome. I just want to make sure um, it might be a little too much data on the file, but let's give it a shot. Okay. We're going to give it a shot, folks. For sure. Yeah. It'll slip some in. Cam, I asked Antoine this. So I want to ask you the same thing. You've been around here for a long time. Nope. The Saints and the Rams, for whatever reason, seem to have okay. you guys' number right now. Yep. Why is that? What do you think that common denominator is? It's a million dollar question, you know? Like, you try to figure out why. I'll just speak to our offense, but why offensively we, we struggle against those teams. I think schematically they do um, a really good job of taking away, you know, our primary weapons on offense. And, um, you know, sometimes we just got to be a little more patient, I think, on offense. And, you see the game we won against the uh, Saints in the playoffs uh, in 2020, we ran the football, right? That, I think that's the number one thing you have to do against a defense like that is you have to have them respect the run. Uh, and for whatever reason, last year against those teams, we just couldn't do it. We couldn't get the run game going. And, uh, you know, when, when those D lines can tee off and um, the playmakers both those teams have in the secondary, when you're sitting back there throwing the whole game, you're, you're not going to score many points. So, um, obviously, we're going to and have to establish the run game somehow, try to establish, you know, our identity. Our identity is who we want to be on offense, and that's a running football team. So um, I think we're going to look back on those games and try to try to really hone in on those game plans. There has to be so, more. There has to be a reason. <laughs> that next, that next question, the next question that got cut off there uh, from Joey Knight was about, was there really a reason why he grew the mustache? So, yeah, that's but that's the point we were making about Cam Braid yeah. is that, he could be so funny with the mustache and things like that. And yep. then he gives you a really insightful answer just as that. But, you know, it's going to be bright. It's going to be leaders such as Bowles making sure that they they correct on, uh, you know, some of the issues. And I don't think the Bucks are going to go. I'm not overly confident with them playing against the Saints and the Rams this year. But right. I don't think they're going to go 0-3. I think they're going right. to nip one of these problems in the bud. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, you know, long less laser didn't Casey Rogers guess via played between 42 and 50 snaps a game. Um, I, that's, I believe that's actually accurate. Um, mm-hmm. I'd go back and look at my own article cause I, I added it all up and I did the percentages. And, uh, so I, I, I think they have a pretty good handle on, on this team and what went wrong last year. And I can just tell you from talking to all these players, they're still fired up about the Rams game. I mean, they are, they're, mm-hmm. I I would bet that they're going to beat the Rams this year in the regular season. Um, I just think that they're going to figure it out. The matchups have not gone in the Bucks' favor. They, they've got to do some different things schematically. That they can't just show up and play the same game and expect to win. They're going to have to do some things differently. I think Brate's on the right subject when it comes to establishing the run a little bit more. And you get a better run blocker in, in Shaq Mason. I think that helps out, Matt. Without question, and if you were going to bet on Bucks Rams, the best place to go and do that would be my bookie, mybookie.ag to be uh, specific. And football might not be going on right now. You can wait and bet on that for when the season uh, gets going. But there's still a ton of other sports to bet on right now between playoff hockey. The Bulls got another game tonight. Go Bulls. Right. Bulls. You got playoff uh, basketball. And of course, you're right in still towards the beginning of, but right in the thick of the uh, MLB baseball season. Of course, there's 162 games in a baseball season. It can feel like a grind to watch sometimes, but you could put the excitement 
back into each and every game with my bookie. You got run lines, money lines, and props galore. I like first inning, no runs, personally. Um, nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. And getting started is simple. Uh, use the promo code Pewter to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. They will match up to $1,000 on your first deposit bonus, as you see right there. Uh, go ahead and sign up using the promo code Pewter to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. A lot yep, of props, yeah. A lot of prop bets, a lot of different things going on. So always the fun. Byron Nelson Classic just finished last week. If you bet on that, well, folks, they got another one. The PGA Championship is in full swing this week. Can't wait for that. Yeah, that's one right. Of the four so, majors in golf. That's right. So it's it's not just football, folks. With my bookie, you can bet on NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and you've got uh, these tremendous golf events like the PGA Championship coming up May 19th through 22nd. So use that promo code Pewter and get yourself that welcome bonus and uh, and place your wagers today. Matt, uh, it was an, an action-packed day at the Event Health Training Facility. We have a ton of content coming out over the next 24 hours on pewterreport.com. We're just cracking uh, the, the surface here, scratching the surface when it comes to content. We got the insider up on pewterreport.com. It's going to give you even more details on what happened in practice today. We're going to have stories on Vita Vea. Cam Brate had some great insight. Todd mm -hmm. Bowles touched on a lot of different topics today. And so uh, make sure that you stay tuned to pewterreport.com, our website. We have the Jalen Darden story up. Matt, you had a, a Zion McCollum story up that was very well read this morning as well. And Josh Capo has got a new grinding the tape on one of the newest Buccaneers, Shaq Mason, coming out first thing tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So if you like Josh's work when it comes to watching and breaking down the game film, it's something John Ledyard did uh, exceptionally well for us here at PeterReport.com. And Josh Capo is kind of picking up the uh, the mantle and uh, uh, carrying the, the baton around the track, whatever whatever type of, <laughs> of – uh, um, movement phrase that you <laughs> want to use, uh, you know, cliche that you want to throw out there. Um, so make sure that you are checking out our website, pewterreport.com, a ton of content. And yeah. And as you said, Scott, Shaq Mason knew to the box and the city of Tampa. So one of the first places that he has to check out is, uh, is pin chasers. As you see on the screen here, yeah. pinchasers.net is the website. They have locations all over Tampa. As you see here, East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown veterans. They have one, very close to the Buccaneers facility and the beauty of pin chasers is that it's more than just a bowling alley. It's a fun night out with friends. It's a great place to go and spend time with your family, maybe throw your kid a, a birthday party. Cause you got the bowling lanes. They got an arcade room. Or if he's well acting up, just throw him down the lane, you know, yeah. just bowling on down the lane. Exactly. And the, the food is very underrated. They bring it right to you. And I think another great part as well too, is that, they have different deals every night. All you can eat pizza, Dollar Miller Lights, all you can bowl. So make sure you go to pinchasers.net to check out all the different offerings that they have. They have brunch over the weekend as well, too, if you want to get some weekend bowling going on. So go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book your party. Pinchasers, Anthony Peroni, the owner, is a huge Bucks fan that has season tickets. So you're helping out a fellow Bucks fan by going to Pinchasers. Scott, one last thing I just wanted to mention uh, before we wrap up here, mm -hmm. we talked about a lot. I think one of the things we didn't get to yet 
And speaking about that offensive line with Shaq Mason, we know that he's slotted in there at right guard. But a big yeah. thing that we're paying attention to for this OTAs and, and training camp coming up too is the competition at left guard. And we saw, as you predicted, it was Aaron Stinney that got the first start at left guard today with Luke Gadecki going in uh, second. But yeah. Todd Ball said it's going to be an open competition. But as far yeah. as starting out, it's Aaron Stinney that has the job. And we already saw Luke Gadecki get into some pushing and shoving with with Nacho. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, he's looking for some glass to eat out there. And Nacho says, "Not for me. You're not. You know glass over here, my friend. I'm a block of granite, just like you." So uh, no, good to see uh, the spirited competition in the trenches. Um, Logan Hall, you know, got a chance to to see him uh, in the starting lineup as well. So we're going to be keeping an eye on all the rookies and all the veterans. Rashad White had a nice run to the outside today, yep. show, showcased his speed. Read that pewterreport.com uh, Bucks Insider on today's OTA. That'll fill you in on all the details we couldn't get to here today. But uh, we're going to be back at it tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern time, with another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Uh, Matt, the, the Pewter train just keeps chugging along, even though the Blaine train threw a couple picks today. Um and Trask threw one as well. But uh, we'll get another look at Trask and Gabbard and all the Buccaneer players next Wednesday. That's the next open OTA for the media. The Bucks will have OTAs tomorrow and Thursday. Those are closed to the media. Then again, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The Wednesday session will, will be open to the media, so we'll have all the coverage from that. Uh, but in the meantime, stay glued to PeterReport.com. Make sure that you're subscribing to our YouTube channel, PeterReportTV. We're on the way to 8,400, close to 8,400 already. Going to be 8,500 before you know it. Thanks to you guys for hitting the like button on all our videos and podcasts. Because when you do, every single one of them helps our algorithm, helps us get in front of more awesome pewter people like you, and helps boost our subscription total. So we greatly appreciate it. Uh, Matt, we're going to be back tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern time, are we not? That is correct. So thank you, everyone, for watching today's show. We'll catch you tomorrow, Wednesday at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Thank you, Pewter people. Out. Out. Go Bolts. Go Bolts.